Coming to you live from Browns headquarters in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Brought to you by Jack, the official entertainment partner of the Cleveland Browns. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. that is true not from Berea from the home offices of the Z which stands for Zagura and merely Bo Bishop this is CBD brought to you by Jack the official entertainment partner of your Cleveland Browns in a in a you know leading up to this we'll get to Hooper we'll get to all that Jeremy Fowler is going to join us here in five minutes Z but leading up to this I was kind of on the edge about the NFL going on business as usual with where we are I, I can say that I am so for it right now it has done Look, we're, we're getting business done here in, in a very big way, my friend. But also, this has supplied me with a welcome distraction this morning, and I have enjoyed it tremendously. How about you? Oh, my goodness. It's a shot of adrenaline, you know, when you need yeah. it. It's a, little bit of, it's a little bit of life, a little bit of juice into the old veins, and, and it feels certainly good. And, and I had an opportunity. We're not in the office, which is, you know, one of the things that's tough. This is the time of year that you really love to be in the office because you can kind of overhear, maybe oversee some things, et cetera. But I can tell you that I, I reached out this morning to our general manager, Andrew Barry, and uh, he said, you know, I, I'm hoping for a successful first day. And by all indications, it seems like the Browns are off to a very successful start as reports are that the Browns will make Austin Hooper the NFL's highest paid tight end. And by the way, it is when we talked about pro football focus, two positions, Bo, that were undervalued relative to their impact on the game. Free safety was one. The other was tight end. And so the highest paid tight end in the league right now just means you're making $10 million or more. That's not a big number considering the impact and considering what it means in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Uh, this is, Hooper is a guy that is just very, very solid, uh, a solid blocker, and really I think is going to bring the two tight end sets that we talked about that will be critical to this team. You think about Hooper and then the speed, because Hooper's more of a possession guy, but the speed of that with David Njoku, Bo, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited. We needed a distraction, yeah. and then we needed – we were hoping for the Browns said, hey, let's make a little bit of a splash. Well, this, folks, this is a big splash. Hooper, last year, 75 catches, 787 yards, and five touched – and six touchdowns, I'm sorry, in 13 games. He's got at least 500 yards, three straight seasons, and I think – brings exactly what the Browns needed as a complement to the verticality and athleticism of Najoku and what is going to be our base offense. Yeah, and it just if you're not familiar in terms of, of, of who he is or where it is, Austin Hooper is the number one tight end in this market. He's 25 yep. years of old. He just completed his fourth year uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it was a pro bowler the last two years. As you mentioned, 75 for 787 and six touchdowns last year, uh, 71 for 660 and four the year before that. He is a – he is – from a tight end perspective, he is a five-tool guy. Yes. He does both at a very, very high level. He's not special. Isn't specialized as necessarily a pass catcher or a. Bl- he's both. He's a he's a five-tool tight end. He's a guy who can play every single down and be competitive on every single down. It is a major coup for Kevin Stefanski's offense. It is a major coup for Baker Mayfield, yes. who has always played well with the tight end, going back to his time at college when he yep. with Andrews there. So this is a safety blanket and a security blanket for Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski going forward it is uh it is a, a reason to rejoice on, on what has been an odd couple of days so that's in play as well and and now you have a very clear view of what 
what Kevin Stefanski wants to do offensively. If you listen to this show, we've kind of told you what was going to be required here. It was going to be primarily two tight end sets, and now you've got your two tight ends uh, with Njoku and now with Hooper reportedly uh, joining that mix. Yeah, and it's great. Hooper's a guy who's caught 77.3% of his targets for his career last year. I mean, 97 passes thrown his way, 75 catches. The year before, 88 passes thrown his way, 71 catches. And when you're talking about Baker Mayfield and you want to get that completion percentage up, bringing in Austin Hooper and the things you can do now with Hooper and Njoku, uh, I think it's actually very, very exciting. You're going to create mismatches all over the place. And on top of that as well, not only do you have the news today of Austin Hooper heading to the Cleveland Browns you also have the news that the Browns placed a second round tender on Kareem Hunt the restricted free agent that guarantees all but guarantees he will be back no second round tender has ever been signed away from his team in the history of the NFL and we know that Hunt has some off the field baggage so I don't see that happening at all which means you're going to have Hooper and Njoku at tight end you're going to have Beckham and Landry at wide receiver and you are going to have Chubb and you are going to have Hunt in your backfield for Baker Mayfield and yes we still have work to do on the offensive line we know that at pick 10 the Browns will have an opportunity to do that but you think about an offense now that you are hey, Absolutely See, loaded. We got Jeremy Fowler. I want to get to him right away because he's only got it. a couple of minutes. He broke the story. Let's get out there now. Jeremy Fowler joining us on the hotline. You broke this story. How did this come together so quickly, Jeremy? Uh, and what was it about the fit that made Hooper sign on so quickly and join us here in Cleveland? Well, you know, I just started making calls in that uh, tampering period. Opened up. Oh, by the way, Nathan, you, you stole that offense right there. That sounds good, man. That's right. Let's, Let's go, go, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm like – that's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, just to make a call, it was just like I was surprised at uh, how early on, like, this was already – this track was laid for Cleveland and Hooper. Like, you know, because obviously there's a tampering period and everything is sort of like uh, smoke signaled for three weeks. But I was surprised at how clear it was that Cleveland was, like, all in on this guy from the very beginning. So I think uh, really just setting up the deal now was more of a formality. I, the other teams I heard they were involved, like, they couldn't uh, – you know, Cleveland made a clear separation. Like, he was their top guy in free agency. Jeremy, when you look at now, you heard me run down the offense. We know that Kevin Stefanski ran a primarily two tight end offense. That was the base, really, more than 50% of the time. He had two tight ends on the field. Uh, when you think about what this team could be now for Baker Mayfield, just from an offensive standpoint, with, as I mentioned, Landry and Beckham at receiver, Hooper and Njoku at tight end, Chubb and Hunt likely back on that second-round tenor. And you can expand on that. That's something that hasn't happened. Nobody's been signed away at that level before. Uh, this has the makings of, of a pretty good offense, wouldn't you think? Yeah. I mean, really, the, the offensive line is, is the key issue for me. You know, Not that they weren't capable of running the ball last year and doing some things, but, I mean, clearly tackle needs to be addressed. Yep. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be Jack Conklin. I mean, there are other options. There's a top-ten pick. Uh, you know, there's Jermaine Effetti out of, out of Seattle, a few other guys that are, that are more than capable uh, that you could sign. So, you know, Brian Bulaga is going to have probably a hefty price tag based on his age, but you're, you'd be getting a proven guy. I don't know if the Browns want to go that route, but uh, playmaking, yeah, you have what you need. I mean, there's no question. Um, you know, tight end was a sore spot last year, and that, that is stalled. You know, I don't think this guy is a huge uh, blocker, but in 2020, you don't have to be that at tight end, you know, so – um, you can use other guys, and you know this is an offense that I'm imagining will use three tight ends in and out under Kevin Stefanski because of the way he likes play action. So 
um, yeah, you're, you're in good shape on offense. You're putting Baker in a position to succeed. Jeremy Fowler broke the uh, broke the story on Austin Hooper here uh, in Cleveland and making him the highest paid tight end uh, in, in football. Beyond that, we know you mentioned the need at tackle. It's not just there; it's at safety, it's at linebacker for this team as well. What else are you hearing uh, about the Browns? This is pretty aggressive with the pursuit of Hooper. Can we be led to believe that there's more aggressive nature at other positions? Mm. Maybe, but you got to remember, tight end is still pretty reasonable. You know, like the market was only ten million, so they had to go a little bit higher than that. For some of these tackles and other positions, you got to go fifteen, sixteen million. Uh, so I'm not sure if they're there yet. And uh, but I think they're going to be judicious and try to fill some holes. Uh, but I think they'll be, you know, uh, pretty careful too. You know, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't consider this like a spending spree unless they find the absolute right player at the right price. You know, uh, Anthony Harris, for example got franchise tag in Minnesota, uh, I think he would have been a target if his money was a little less, you know, but you were looking at at least 11 million a year for, for a safety that had one good year that really isn't like an all pro type, you know, that's hard to do. So you might as well rely on the draft or things like that. Um, But, you know, I I think they'll pick their spots. Jeremy, when you look at this team and we kind of just expanding on this, on the defensive side, I was going to ask you about Harris. You nailed that. Uh, what are some of the positions you could see maybe the Browns going after? And have you heard anything on Olivier Vernon? Because I think many of us feel that that is probably the last real domino to drop in terms of guys currently on this roster. So I, uh, as far as, um, sorry, who, who was the player again? Olivier, oh, uh, Olivier Vernon. Vernon. Yes. So I've asked around on that. I'm told that at least from a football standpoint, they do want him around. So, and, and I have, there has been no update as far as approaching Vernon about, you know, a contract restructure and like that. So um, it, it's, it's possible they could do something or release him, but I, I've checked on that and have not heard anything yet. Um, and I checked on the football side of things and they do value him as a player still, you know, they think, they think that he can help. And so, uh, you know, dealt with some injury issues and, you know, but he's still, he's not too old of a guy and he's still productive. So, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to move some parts around, but I I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, consider a huge roster overhaul of cuts when they've already made, I think four or five. Um, They're in a pretty good spot cap wise. Jeremy, I know you got to run. I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, the bank or the the Ravens rather uh, have already made a move with Campbell over the weekend. Uh, the Steelers with the franchise take of Bud Dupree. Um, the Bengals as well with the franchise take on AJ Green. In terms of the other teams in our division, uh, what type of moves do you anticipate? Anything that grabs your grabs your attention? Uh, sorry, in regards to the Browns or overall? Well, just the North in general, Jeremy. Just the North yep. in general. How aggressive. So- yeah, I mean, really, the path is pretty clear for Cleveland here because the, uh, you know, I think the Bengals will make a few moves. I mean, they got Joe Burrow that they want to build around. A.J. Green was a step in that direction. I think they'll try to do a long-term deal with him. Uh, but they got Joe Mixon and some other parts. So I could see them maybe adding a tight end or uh, a value offensive lineman. Uh, but, the, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers, I'm not expecting a ton from. Really, the Ravens have done most of their work via trades, you know, guys like Marcus yeah. Peters and Calais Campbell. Um, those are sort of their free agent splashes. Now, they can make a few moves or bring some players back, but I wouldn't expect a lot. And, uh, you know, the Steelers, they need the help on offense, but um, it's just not really their style to spend big. I mean, the biggest they've ever spent was on cornerback Steven Nelson last year, three years, $27 million, and that was at a position they were in desperate need to fill. Uh, they don't have that this year. Uh, and they still have some capable offensive playmakers, and they're really tight on the cap. 
So their priority will be doing Bud Dupree's deal and uh, moving some other parts around just to be cap healthy. Jeremy, this is great. Good job breaking it, and thanks for hopping on with us here right off the start of the show, my friend. Hey, anytime, guys. Appreciate it. That's our good buddy Jeremy Fowler, ESPN Insider. There's a lot to be excited about, Z. I'm looking at some of this. Uh, you know, all, obviously Brown's Twitter is incredible, so you see all these videos pop up of what Hooper can be and the type of player he will be uh, for us and the fit in the Stefanski offense, and it's just a no-brainer uh, from a fit standpoint. And it was, yep. it speaks to, if you, if you think about A.B., about how he said we're going to be aggressive, uh, and you were quick to point out it doesn't necessarily mean spending the mo- more money on everybody in the market, but rather identifying what you wanted and aggressively pursuing that thing and what is interesting is, is the one thing that Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Paul DePodesta circled was we got to get another tight end to play in this offense at a high level. They identified it and they did it. And they did it right away. And again, it's also a position that is, generally speaking, significantly undervalued relative to the impact it makes. And when you guys want to yeah. talk about and take a step back and say, oh, it's analytics, it's analytics. Part of what they're doing are identifying current inefficiencies in the NFL marketplace and taking advantage of them. And this deal with Austin Hooper is exactly that. Yes, he will be the highest paid tight end in the NFL right now, but $11 million, you think about what other positions are making, that is not that significant of an investment if these reports of four-year $44 million are to be believed. Not only that, it is another example of, you know, kind of the role when people say, how are they going to attack this? Spend money on young players, 25 years old, at positions that are incredibly valuable and, in their opinions, impact winning. In this case, tight end certainly in this offense is one of those. And now the Browns have an opportunity to move forward with two. And I know people are saying, well, that means Njoku's gone. It does not. No team ran more a higher percentage of plays with two tight ends on the field than the Vikings last year. This, uh, this front office very much likes David Njoku. And obviously, anybody, you, you'll listen to anything, right? That's the NFL. But the plan is for it to be Austin Hooper and David Njoku as the primary tight ends. And, yeah, we've got some work to do on the line. We've talked about there are many, many options out there. Still work to do, I think, on the defensive line, linebacker, safety, corner, all, all four levels of the defense, really. But from an offensive standpoint now, you are in very, very good position here with the Cleveland Browns. And we're seeing it. We'll come back. You know, I know we'll come back with all the NFL news. Trades are happening. I mean, it is. Yeah. This is a wild, wild day where things are going to be moving fast and furious. And for the Browns, though, what they wanted to identify, they wanted to get one, at least one, maybe two real impact players. And they've done that today by getting Austin Hooper. And, and I know that the Browns are very happy about it. As you pointed out correctly, Baker Mayfield is very happy, going to be very happy about this yeah. because this is a guy who catches everything that's thrown his way. This is a guy that will be reliable. And so when you're thinking about the Browns now in third and six, defenses are worried about Beckham. They're worried about Landry. Now Austin Hooper is that guy that's going to work the middle of the field, find those soft spots, get open, move the chains, keep drives going, and do it at a very, very high level. Absolutely so. Those are the OBM Hot Topics, Ohio Business Machine, preferred copier provider of the Cleveland Browns. Of X's and O's for your office, call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Obviously, a lot to get to on for us in terms of Kareem Hunt, which Nathan alluded to earlier, also Morgan Burnett. Uh, we'll get into all of that. The CBA was approved over the weekend, which led to all of this. Um, and major names, signing, changing, 
franchise tags being handed out. What is a welcome distraction, I will say, Z, before we close out this first segment here. Um, again, as I said off the top, I didn't know how I was going to respond to this just because of everything else that's going on in the world and the severity of it all. But today has been a welcome distraction for me uh, in this thing. And, and I know you said you felt the same way. So from my vantage point, because there's no safety, it doesn't appear there's no safety at risk. Everyone's doing this all uh, in different places. And the NFL has provided a nice distraction on this Monday for me, my friend. No doubt about it. Couldn't agree more. And I think that it's, you know, it's a nice sign that in many ways as life does not continue in any way, shape or form as we know it. And social distancing is now not only something that, you know, is being talked about. It's something that we all must do to be able to have this that we can all bond about from our homes yep. and on the Internet and on Twitter, uh, I think is, is pretty special. And it is uh, you're it's exciting it's exciting to know that there yep. is still some of that going on in the world and what is right now obviously a very surreal very crazy very scary time absolutely all right lots to get to from the news standpoint uh if, if anything comes about from a um from a in terms of with the coronavirus updates with that because uh, i know governor dewine usually speaks around 220 uh we'll have that for you just keep it locked here we'll get you everything you need to know have a little fun with the nfl along the way off and running on a monday cleveland browns daily 850 espn cleveland <laughs> You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Join us for military and first responder appreciation every Monday at Jack Thistledown Racing. So they present your retired or active military or first responder ID. Receive 50% off at participating dining outlets at Jack Thistledown Racing. Jack, thanks you for your service. Boy, what a 20 – well, not even. I mean, this is in about six hours this morning from an NFL standpoint, Z, as we get into it, all sorts of, of signings and franchise tags. I saw upwards of 13 guys had been tagged uh, already this morning, uh, including Anthony Harris, the safety out of Minnesota, which was a target, um, you know, that we all had had, had assumed that the Browns would pursue uh, just with the ties to Stefanski and the need. Um, so um, Let me so jump in real in quick. Go ahead. Let me jump one? in real quick. According to Adam Schefter, and I verify that this is, in fact, the Adam Schefter, he had said earlier the Cardinals at, at 107 trade. Cardinals and Texans are agreeing to a trade that will send David Johnson to Houston. Sources tell ESPN. I would not interrupt you for that. 1.20 p.m., Adam Schefter, Texans are trading DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona yep. per source. Peter King hinted at this this morning. He and did. said that it, perhaps it was draft chatter, but that DeAndre Hopkins could be on the move. And now Cliff Kingsbury brings in DeAndre Hopkins to give Kyler Murray his true number one target. They've got Christian Kirkler, Fitzgerald coming back as well. Uh, that is a huge, huge move there. DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona. And that's a strange one to me when you've got Deshaun Watson, why you wouldn't want to keep his top target there with him. So there's two things on that front. Um, num number one, in the Peter King uh, Football Morning in America that you're alluding to, he, he references how Hopkins had kind of slid from a production standpoint, and he was entering the back end of what, at, at least from the Houston's perspective, they were entering what they thought was maybe the back end of his prime. Um, and the other thing that I remember specifically about, uh, you know, that, that Hopkins was not quite as, like Deshaun would be out there throwing and always having to wait for, for Hopkins, you know, in pregame and stuff like that. So you just wonder if – and plus, I mean, the Texans have no cap – I mean, I'm sorry, no no draft picks. They don't have anybody they can sign. I mean, they can't draft. They've given them all away. Yep. So I'm wondering 
if if all of that kind of is the reason for that a little bit here is you can't pay everybody and if maybe now is a good time to to get out while the getting's good on Hopkins but it is a surprise and I would say one one thing that it definitely does is Arizona was a team that there were times remember in the mock drafts would mock a receiver to Arizona yep now I would think clearly not. No, and they can go a lot of different directions. Dwayne Brown, they could go offensive line as well. What's crazy, though, about it, you mentioned the money from the Houston standpoint, is they're taking on $10 million fully guaranteed of David Johnson. And I don't know if the players are both involved in this trade, if they're two separate right. deals, or, or what the, how that is ultimately all working out. We don't know that yet, but my goodness, this has been just an absolutely wild 80 minutes in this tampering period right now. And that's probably the biggest one so far. And there are, you know, other people who seem to think other big name receivers are also going to be on the move here uh, this season. Yeah, absolutely so. And some other things that are just percolating now here in the moment. moment um, Eric Armstead will be back. Uh, appears to be heading back to San Francisco yep. on a five-year, $17 million a year deal. Uh, you mentioned the David Johnson trade to the Texans. The Steelers released Mark Barron as well. Um, that's that, that could be interesting. Um, we've gone over some of the franchise tag things that have happened. The other thing that's happened that's just bonkers Here we um, got the full is the deal Tampa now. Bay Bucks have become the betting favorite to acquire Tom yep. Brady. So all of these things happen in 1,000 miles an hour. Here's the full deal from John McClain. DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick to for to the Cardinals for David Johnson and a second round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year. Okay. That's I, I'm that's I'm st I'm stunned by this. Yeah. Well, unless I mean, but if you re you read what I did on from Peter King, I did Morning in America. I still thought he was pretty good, but I mean, maybe that's that's just me. I did too, but again, I'm not watching their games. You know, every game. Sure. To, to see like what, you know, I, I don't know what the production is. I know how talented of a player he is, uh, but I'm not I'm not watching it as closely as anybody else, as close as the people who are down there obviously are. Um, what do you make of the Harris franchising? Because that is a name that we have talked about a lot here as a fit. Um, it's a player that, that was clearly the number one safety on the target, um, on the market rather. And when the Vikings, when the Cousins deal gets restructured, then that allows for them to franchise is that the way that you understand it as well franchise Harris and keep him in the fold exactly and they wanted to keep him in the fold they're going to be paying him nearly 14 million Kirk Cousins as you mentioned redid his deal which allows this to happen uh, and so they that was a guy they considered to be very very valuable and that's why they decided to do that so it's uh it's it's a good good job by Kirk Cousins obviously figuring out how they can keep their nucleus together and that's something that they're working on and clearly something that they did so uh no surprise honestly it was a surprise in the sense that he was tagged but we we knew he wanted to go back from some of the interviews he had done recently uh we knew they wanted to keep him and thanks to Kirk Cousins they found a way and I think that's when you see teams that are feel like they're on the brink and a quarterback is usually the one lever that you have in terms of restructuring and it's also something that wouldn't have been possible without the CBA they're able to push a lot of Kirk Cousins money forward and it's you know these caponomics that go on and on and on here in in the NFL that's just kind of the reality of the situation but that's why they're able to keep Anthony Harris there and we'll talk there's still plenty of very very good names out there at the safety position but Harris was you know by all accounts at the combine one of those guys on the top of the Browns list and you could have seen a Hooper Harris day one that will not be the case anymore
Yeah, no, no, that will not be. There's also a uh, a string of events from a franchise tag perspective that has happened here uh, in terms of the uh, Dak Prescott being franchise tagged as well with the Cowboys. So uh, this news from the league is coming so fast, it's almost hard to hard to keep track of who's available and who's not and who's being tagged and who's not. And now this trade market is heating up, Z. We knew this was going to be this way. We, to- we talked about this all the way leading up to this, regardless of, of what's going on in the world at large, that if this league year was going to take place and go uh, as scheduled, that because of the backing up of the CBA, which eventually got done, that this would be pretty chaotic, and it has been. The other thing that is, is very clear here is that the legal tampering, the tampering's been going on for the last couple of weeks with a lot of these guys behind closed doors because these deals are happening so quickly, my friend. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And by the way, this trade is being panned. Jason Lock and Four are now saying Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins were having a personal issue, and that's what led to this. There but there, I mean, people are saying this is the what they're getting and, and what they've done is people are are flummoxed. This seems to be uh, an absolute the perception of it at this time. And again, these things all have to play out. Is that this is very very one sided in favor of the Cardinals dominating here which is pretty incredible as as we see this all play out and this is you know it's fun this is all happening in real time as we're on the show uh today with all the stuff that's going on in the nfl and we haven't even gotten to some of the crazier you know big you know like you said tom brady and does he end up with the bucks philip rivers a lot of interest there for him to the colts so we still have a lot of other shoes to drop. We've heard Teddy Bridgewater to the Bears. And there are people and, and talking about big-name receivers still to be on the move. There are some. Bart Scott, I don't know if you saw this, uh, on his radio show in New York, said that he believes that the Browns could be involved in a trade with one of their premier receivers very shortly, with the 49ers being an interested party. So I will well, not even speak it because it's just speculation at this point. But this is right now, this news cycle, it is turning. Gibbe is doing, uh, put together an unbelievable one-sheeter for us that 10 minutes later already was outdated. That's how quickly <laughs> so things are happening right now in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I think of the organization of a team like the Titans who get Ryan Tannehill under contract for a, uh, an extended period of time. And by the way, that's a great example of how life, life can come at you fast, right? Ain't when you think no about uh, a year ago, Ryan Tannehill's on the, right, he's on the scrap heap. He goes to, to the Titans as a backup and depress Marcus Mariota. Hopefully, they're probably thinking, hopefully, you get the best out of Mariota. That's the ideal of it. Meantime, he replaces him. They go on an incredible run. Derrick Henry's better with him than he was with, with Mariota by a wide, wide margin. Now he gets a contract, and the, the Titans, with smart business practices here, are going to be able to franchise take Derrick Henry the next two years rather than give him one of those big contracts like we've seen with Gurley or Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. Yep, and keep him in the mix and not have to worry about, you know, the wear and tear. A guy, typically physical backs like Derrick Henry, who had an unbelievable year and is clearly critical to what they do, you know, time is unkind to them. And so that's something they're going to be keeping an eye on uh, going forward. But, yeah, as you mentioned, they have an opportunity to keep him there for two years, and and he'll be paid very, very well. Uh, But they made the investment in Ryan Tannehill, who played as efficiently as any quarterback in the NFL over the second half of the season, uh, was – phenomenal simply phenomenal once he went in as the starter for them and now it is it is his show and how does that change things for him but it will be his show there and as we you mentioned earlier that crosses off you know a potential landing spot obviously for Tom Brady yep yep that's absolutely it should we let's go over actually let's take a quick timeout, and then I want to get you guys up to date in terms of what 
where we are, the roster moves that we've made. We talked about Austin Hooper off the top of the show. Yep. Uh, there's some comings and goings with the Browns. Let's talk a little bit about where we need to go in free agency still. So we will do those things after this quick timeout. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My friends, I want to tell you about my buddy Alex, Northeast Factory Direct. I've known Alex for years. We're in the furniture business, 97 years, my wife's family, and uh, know the type of work that he does, the type of business he runs. Started that thing out of his basement 20 years ago, helping people save a ton of money on high-quality name-brand furniture. Top-notch kitchen cabinets and countertops more recently, industry-leading hot tubs, and so much more. He's so confident in his model. He's allowed them to offer the lowest prices for years, and now he's offering a one-year best price guarantee. That's right. I've been saying Northeast prices can't be beat. Now it's guaranteed. If you buy furniture from Northeast within one year, you find it advertised for less. Alex will refund the difference. It's no gimmick, but there's some terms and conditions. Ask Northeast Factory Direct for details. You can find the policy at northeastfactorydirect.com. Best thing you do, go to those stores and check them out. West 140th Street in Cleveland, Lake Boulevard in Euclid, or Freeway Drive in Macedonia. Online at northeastfactorydirect.com. All right, buddy, let's go over where we stand at this point from a moves standpoint and in terms of our roster. We know reportedly that Austin Hooper is coming into the mix, so we know that today. Oh, one other thing I wanted to get to, the, we are trying to sort out a way to stream the show. Yep. Um, we have, I know we're getting a lot of people asking about that. And I know Gibby's being inundated with it too. Uh, these are obviously extraordinary times. And so we're Nathan's at his home. I'm in my home and we're doing the shows from our houses. Um, yeah, and so we're trying to figure out a way to stream this, um, and, and make it work right now. There is not a YouTube stream, uh, but hopefully we can get something working out, worked out on it. Our best and brightest are, are working on it. So hopefully we get something worked out there, but that's where we stand. I want to get that to you. Um, Z, if you would, let's go through um, the roster decisions that officially we have made, um, including and starting with the, uh, the release of Morgan Burnett, which we knew was going to happen. So, yes, Morgan Burnett coming off that Achilles. His contract was terminated by the Browns today, which means he is free to sign with anybody. He doesn't need to wait for the league year to start. He is free to sign with anybody uh, right away. We know the Browns had already released Christian Kirksey earlier. Uh, Christian Kirksey signing with Mike Pettin and the Green Bay Packers. It was Kirksey drafted to be in Pettin's defense back in 2014. They reunite on a two-year deal. Now, the Browns also tendered four players today. Restricted free agent Kareem Hunt, who received the second-round tender, and then exclusive free rights free agents, tight end Farrell Brown, running back Dontrell Hilliard, and wide receiver and special teams ace Kaderil Hodge. So those three will be back, Brown, Hilliard, and Hodge, at least into training camp and have an opportunity to compete to make this roster. Uh, Kareem Hunt at the second-round tender. Nobody's ever been plucked away on a second-round tender before in NFL history. Now, there's always going to be a first for everything, right? But uh, all indications would be that Kareem Hunt will indeed be back with the Cleveland Browns. All right, buddy. So with that, let's take a look at, at where we go going forward in the positions of need. Um, one thing that we had said was if the, that while you wanted an upgrade at tight end, you could play football with the tight ends that we have. Um, and now you've added to that with Austin Hooper. We talked about it off the top what an incredible addition that would be, what an incredible fit it would be. But now as you look at the rest of the roster, especially on defense, and let's just start at safety right now where Sheldrick Redwine or Bust – 
a hassle there too, of course, but I mean, it is thin, thin at the back end of our defense. Linebacker, of course, Christian Kirksey, our old buddy who signed with the Green Bay Packers today, two years, $16 million, and Joe Schobert uh, is free to negotiate with other teams as well, so linebacker has to be addressed. And then I thought it was interesting what Jeremy Fowler said about Olivier Vernon, that there is interest to, from a football perspective bring him back, but at a discounted price, something we've talked about for months. Um, so big need now defensively as, as Andrew Barry and company get to work. Yeah, there are, are huge needs. And for the Browns, you're looking at, you know, safety is, is probably priority number one. As you mentioned, it is just Sheldrick Redwine, the fourth-round pick from the U a year ago, and J.T. Hassel, an undrafted free agent. Uh, you're going to need to make serious additions there. Linebacker, you've got Sione Takitaki, Mac Wilson. You have also got Willie Harvey coming off an injury, who was an undrafted free agent a year ago. Trevon Young on the roster, Ty Davis, and Jermaine Grace. Again, these are not guys that you know they're special teams guys davis and grace etc you're going to need more help alongside wilson and taki taki and there are a lot of names out there we'll get into those names but let's just look at the roster now on the defensive line we know about miles garrett olivier vernon as we mentioned somewhat in the balance but you need help here your chad thomas uh, needs to play better brian cox porter five-star porter gustin robert mccray those are the guys you have there and then on the interior Ogan, Joby, and Richardson, you feel good about your starters. But, again, depth is needed. Daniel Equale, Eli Anku, Justin Zimmer, Brandon Bryant round out that group. So you do – there's still – I think there's a lot of work to be done. And, honestly, at this point, outside of the offensive line, the majority of the heavy lifting that needs to be done on, uh, for remaining on this team is most certainly – on the defensive side of the football. That's where there are the biggest question marks after your number three corner, for example. You've got special teams guys, Tavier Thomas. You have Donnie Lewis, who was drafted in the seventh round a year ago, but was on your practice squad, Robert Jackson. But again, you need to add there. We talked about the D-line, linebacker, and then safety, which right now, you know, you don't really – I think Sheldrick Redwine showed very well, and you have promise that this guy can develop into a starter for you, but you need to add, I would say, one for sure starter next to him and probably somebody else that can start and maybe transition and be that kind of third jack-of-all-trade safety. I am surprised Justin Burse, it looks like, is going to get to free agency. I thought he would be a guy the Browns would want to bring back, but maybe he's got a lot of interest out there and is trying to, to check it all out. Let's go through uh, the safety position specifically because okay. – I. I, I, my, my guess would be that that the that they would prefer Sheldrick Redwine to be the third safety. That's my guess. Uh, yep. Based on putting this thing together, I, 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 no inside info, just my guess on how this thing would go. Um, so now we start to talk about. We spent so much time about Anthony Harris because he was the guy that everyone was kind of. It's the guy we identified and said, "Boy, there's a familiarity. He's a great player, young player. Um, it was going to be a high price, but if you thought if you splurged it anywhere, maybe that would be where it would be." In terms of who's left at safety, Z, um, you know, I, I look at a guy. The other thing that has to be considered here with this defense is you're talking about with without Kirko, without Joe the Show, without Morgan Burnett. You're talking about leader guys, character yep. guys. And even though you did not like the form of the leadership last year in Demarius Randall, he was a really vocal part of the defense and There's was no a doubt. constant talker and was liked by many in, in the in the bill in terms of on his team. So you got a lot of a lot of noise that's going to have to come back from a leadership standpoint. I don't mean noise natively; I just mean people who can who are leaders. That the first thing I see is Malcolm Jenkins. Now I don't know I don't know any situation in terms of of what you know what what he wants to do or where he is. I know him as a person. He's 32 years of age, certainly on the on the you know the twilight of his career. Uh, but but played in Philly. 
um, and was one of the key members of those Super Bowl champion teams and his leadership personified. I don't know his interest in playing. I think a Jimmy Ward certainly out there. I think a Haha Clinton Dix, Trey Boston. We talked about him a year ago. Yep. Um, who are some names that make sense for you in free agency for us now that Harris is out of the mix? Well, I think at the top end, if that's where you're looking, uh, the top names would be from a free safety standpoint, Haha Clinton Dix. Uh, Jimmy Ward, Trey Boston, Von Bell. I think those four are kind of in a group uh, unto themselves. Malcolm Jenkins would have to be somebody that ends up getting released. He's not an unrestricted free agent right now. There's been some rumbling about that, so that's why I mentioned that. But also, you've got names like Carl Joseph, Rodney McLeod, who played uh, McLeod. I'm sorry, who played uh, in with the Rams and then with Philly. Um, Will Parks. Adrian Phillips, Tavon Wilson, who played very well for the Detroit Lions a few years ago. J. Ron Curse, who was just recently with the Minnesota Vikings. So those are some of the names that I would look at. But I think if you're looking for guys to be impact players and, and definite day one starters, leaders on the back end, you're looking at, at HaHa, Von Bell, Jimmy Ward, or Trey Boston. Those are the four that truly fit that bill to me, playing at a high level, leaders, guys who have been on successful programs and successful teams, those are the guys that I could see maybe being the ones that the Browns are taking a look at. Yeah, I mean, you need a captain of the defense guy too, and maybe that comes at linebacker as we slide down there. You're going to have to sign a couple of guys there as well. Um, and we know that depth has to be identified on the defensive line. Uh, I know Danny Trevathan was a guy that, that you thought maybe that there was something there, but he, he resigned over the weekend. Yep. Um, is there anybody else at linebacker as we, yeah. as we move to that position group, as you name some guys who make some sense there um, that would also fill the leadership role? Yeah, I think that there are, are probably two names that jump out. I mean, Corey Littleton's going to be the, the creme de la creme there. Again, I don't see the Browns going for somebody at the absolute top of this market. But guys, that would make sense. Blake Martinez coming uh, from Green Bay. Nick Kwiatkowski from the Chicago Bears, who, who played very, very well last year. Both are 26 years old. Patrick Owasu in the division, played for the Ravens. They didn't necessarily love him. He struggled at times in space, but is very, very tough, very athletic. Uh, those, but to me, Martinez and Kwiatkowski would be the ones kind of at the top. If you move down to the next level, uh, 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 Josh Bynes, a uh, John Bynes, and then, of course, um, Nigel Bradham from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles would be a name to keep an eye on as well. I covered Nigel Bradham in high school. Wow. He was at Wakulla High School in northern Florida. Florida State kid, great kid, great family. Um, time flies. Um, and then, of course, depth on the on the defensive line as well. Um, and, and the other thing, and, and real quickly here, uh, because I think the Olivier Vernon potential restructuring could change things a little bit there, depending on how that, uh, depending if that's the way they want to go there. Uh, I want to ask you about tackle. We'd been linked to Conklin, obviously, who's at the top end of it. Um, who else? You, you got to get it. You're going to have to sign probably two tackles, certainly one. Yep. Um. Jermaine Effetti is a name that, that's been out there. Cordy Glenn is now out there. Uh, a name that I keep coming back to is uh, Vitae from the Philadelphia Eagles that obviously yeah. Andrew Barry would be very familiar with and I don't think would cause you to break the bank uh, if you were to pick him up. Um, Mike Remmers, Rick Wagner, I think, I believe, just signed already. So there are still, I mean, a ton of names, and this is going to be a very ongoing process. I think the Browns, you saw – I'm not going to say they're only splash, but it wouldn't surprise me that they are, you know, if they don't, if there's another splash, it might just be one more. Um, if the, if that's the way that it goes, I don't expect to see multiple splashes, like two more guys at the top of their position markets. Um, but, and then you'll start to get into these guys that are, you know, not necessarily second tier, but 
not the elite elite that, you know, typically, you know, in free agency, you don't want to make a ton of those first day signings and end up overpaying. So you'll try to be judicious and figure out guys that you think can fit in here. And I think there are a lot of opportunities to do that. I mean, Trey Boston has been playing so far below his market value, and it seems yeah. that he, he will continue to do so. I wouldn't mind seeing him come in here at all at safety. And you could end up getting Trey Boston, a, a linebacker like a Kwiatkowski, and, and maybe even one other player, all for what you would have had to spend to get Anthony Harris here. And I think that is going to be good. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, the, the signing of Hooper could could eventually be it, and, and that would be more than enough. Uh, but big holes to fill around the roster as, as AB's got a very busy couple of days uh, ahead of him. All right, coming up next, uh, we're going to go over what this, this new CBA that was signed, what it means to you. I mean, normally we do an hour on this. We'll do it next, uh, kind of get you up to date in terms of what it means to you, the fan. We do that coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, CBD on a wild NFL Monday uh, with, with all of these signings and trades and franchise tags and all of this stuff, including us with Austin Hooper, uh, which we talked about at the top, and we will revisit here momentarily. Um, I, we Normally, though, Z, we would spend, we would spend a lot of time um, on the new CBA, which was passed over the weekend. These Now, you tell me if I'm missing anything, but from a fan perspective, I would say the two things that mean the most to them are you are getting 17 games. That's happening. Uh, one year it'll be in the NFC that has nine homes. The next year it'll be in the AFC that has nine yep. homes. Reportedly, that's what they're thinking on the 17 games. So a 17-game schedule will be here next year. A 14-game playoff is going to happen as well. So um, that's two more teams that will join the playoff mix, three games Saturday, three games Sunday, or three games Saturday, two Sunday, one Monday. Who knows? My guess is the league can, can leverage that and their television partners going forward. Um, the lower end of the roster benefits from this immediately. Rookies seeing a, a, a pay increase by $100,000. Practice squad up to 14 players. Um, the other thing you'll see is you will not see positive tests for marijuana, will not be punished for that. They can test twice but not punished for that. They do get a three-game suspension if, if they are hit with a DUI. That's an automatic three games, so that's where they stand yep. on that front. Am I missing anything? else Z, that the that the I know there's a lot of in, a lot of stuff that players and owners care about but in terms of our fans is there anything I'm missing that the fans would be interested in here that I may have missed I think it's just the fact that you know that there is going to be labor peace for a decade of football and that this is something we're going to be able to count on coming and happening and I think that is what everybody was really looking for and getting it done and now we've got our guy obviously JC Treader who's at the head of this and he says Look, it's time to unite. But, yeah, 17 games, that's coming. Uh, and the expanded playoffs coming this year, better benefits for the players and better, you know, marijuana being out, I think, for fans. Your players who have imbibed in that in the past, they are not going to be affected. So, yeah, I think that you're – as a fan, you just – football's coming. Let's go. It's coming. So – and it's here to stay. And I think that's what – that's what everybody wanted, and that's what everybody was very happy to see happen. The other big change is that multiple more players on the roster, more players active every day as well. Two more, yeah. It's going to be a 55 instead of a 53. 
And then you're going to have, I think it goes up to from, it was 46. I think they're going to go up to 48, I think on game days and eight of which must be offensive linemen. So that means having a roster with nine to 10 offensive linemen is not going to be uh, uncommon whatsoever now with these expanded rosters. Absolutely. So I think the one that the fans will care most about, the two they'll care most about is a 14-team playoff and the 17-game schedule. Um, I liked how it was. I liked the idea of everything, you know, being divisible by four. Uh, with with four four sure. divisions and sixteen and um, and and the amount of teams getting in and sixteen games and all of that, um, I understand uh, the 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 need for wanting more. I think it's going to wreak havoc. Uh, we're going to be in a position. We're already in a position from an offensive record book standpoint, and now those are going to be completely blown out of the water. Uh, Eric Dickerson's. I thought about his rushing. Uh, single season rushing record that stood forever um, and I am of course aware you don't need to tweet me I'm aware that we've played 12 game seasons and stuff in the past I'm aware of that but we've been under 16 for a very very long time um, and and so many of those stats are going to be annihilated I mean you give Patrick Mahomes another game to throw for yep. 400 yards and four touchdowns there, he's going to annihilate every passing record whatever Drew Brees sets his thing at um, Mahomes and, and some others are going to be able to just fly past it so I'm always I always think about those things I don't know that other people people do uh, the other thing I think about is sometimes those week 17 games as they were were pretty ragged I think about our defensive line um, and what it was at the end of the season I think of the injuries that we had this year and I think boy you add another game to that um, and another game in the postseason as well um, it's going to take coaches are going to have to get creative with the management of their minutes they really are they may have to go to a college setup where you know if a team is up if you're up two touchdowns and if there's four minutes to go, the second team's in. Like, you almost have to do that. I, I think that those type of things, people are going to have to be creative with the way that they use these players. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that will be an ongoing and evolving process as teams get used to it. The records, I'm not as worried about that. I think that, you know, the game changes all the time, and, and people adjust to it, you know. And, yes, obviously it's a big deal. You can obviously – you know, you can go comparison by on a per-game basis. You know what I'm saying? So – there are ways to deal with that. Yeah, everything's going to change. I think more football is good. Uh, the preseason will shrink a little bit, which I think will be good uh, because, as you know, the, some of those games to a certain point got a little bit, you know, laughable. But now you're going to have more real football, more competitive football at the end of the season with that extra playoff spot. I think it's 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 ultimately it's a good thing, and and you know the money is going to be going to the players at a higher rate than it ever did before. Was it a perfect deal for the players? No, and that's why they were split on it. But was it a significant jump from the past CBA? Absolutely. And I think the the big takeaway for me is we've got football and we've got football locked up for a, a long time, and that is a wonderful wonderful thing. A couple other things from the NFL perspective: the draft will. St- Am I, t- I have this right, too. There's been so much stuff happening today. The draft will stay as scheduled those dates, but will not be. they will not have the fanfare around them, and they will not be in Las Vegas um, as, as the league is still trying to sort those things out. And, again, in, re- in respect to this, uh, where we are with this coronavirus pandemic and sports leagues, almost everything that you say can be, can be you know, tabled with as it stands now. Um, things happening by the minute almost on that front. So, um, but that that would be a change too. And in fact, the, the next draft that would have theoretically would have, you know, fans and public spaces and all those things would not be until here next year. 
Yeah, and it's going to be that's going to be a wild thing. By the way, news news as we're on, it's just going to keep coming in. Nick Kwiatkowski, that was a name that I had mentioned for the Browns at linebacker, 26 year old who played with the Bears. They ended up keeping Trevathan. He hit free agency. Uh, it appears he is going to the Raiders, as he tweeted out on his personal Twitter, a shot of the Las Vegas <laughs> Raiders Stadium, which to me seems like a pretty good indication but that linebacking situation again now you know is starting to look a little bit not necessarily thin but you know you're looking at Corey Littleton at the top you know maybe Joe Schobert goes out Tessa Martin and they can work something out I know there is interest in keeping him at a certain level uh, Blake Martinez Nigel Bradham Nick Vigil uh, these are the guys Patrick Owasu these are the guys now that I think the Browns uh, could be looking at going forward yeah yeah th- this it's interesting. I also saw Demarius Randall linked to the Raiders as well about in the last 10 minutes or so, our former safety linked to the Raiders as well. So them being pretty aggressive. You know, I was thinking about it, and, and this kind of brings it to the forefront with uh, the Kwiatkowski tweet. Are you sure that stadium is going to be able to get done? Same thing with the Rams. I mean, yeah. th- these are small problems compared to the, the problems of the world. Sure. But um, there are so many little things um, that the trickle down on this in, in where we are right now in, in this country and in the world at large. There's so many trickle downs to this. It's almost you can't plan for anything at this point. No, you can't. And that's these are things that we'll be, you know, taking on as we go in this obviously uh crazy time in rapport saying the Raiders have indeed signed former Bears linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski source said as tweeted Nick Kwiatkowski the source on that so yeah this, <laughs> it is a wild time and, and you don't I'm know sorry, really that's funny, though. it is funny I, li- I like that he's it. good a, for him he's a source on that that's he's a good a, job don't, don't source there was a tweet when J. Ron Curse somebody asked if J. Ron Curse was interested uh in coming back to the Vikings and J. Ron Curse on Twitter said uh J. Ron is not interested in coming back to the Vikings, and the person replied to him on Twitter and said, well, what's your source on that? And he goes, I'm J. Ron Curse. I'm the source. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean is this is the source? Uh, all right, much more to come, guys. Obviously, a freewheeling uh, and wild first day of, of NFL action here, and uh, lots of updates, including our signing of Austin Hooper. We will dig in a little bit more on that, take a look at the offensive side of the ball in terms of free agency. We've done a lot of the talk in terms of the defense, where we need to go. We'll think about offensive plays, some moves that Andrew Barry, uh, Kevin Stefanski, and Paul DePodesta can make. Much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Are you on the injured list? We can help you with a new game plan. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free injury case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns on a on a wild day in the National Football League. And before we get into to all of the specifics, because another thing you, know, you want to do here is um, you want to have uh, – Give, do your civic duty as well, and Governor DeWine is making his – he does this every day. He's been incredible, and Ohio yeah. is really leading the nation on this. I don't know about you, Z, but I've talked to friends around the country who say, man, Ohio is getting after it, and it's, it's DeWine who's doing it. He's being transparent. He's being aggressive, um, and he's, he's letting you know everything in a very straight and plain way. Um, and in often cases, he'll give you a little preview of what he's going to make a mandate the day before. Um, he'll yep. say, hey, it might not be best to be in a bunch of crowds, and then the next day he sees a bunch of images from people around the state and goes you know what restaurants and bars are closed you're not listening and then at one point yesterday he said listen uh, a governor can only do so much 
we're doing this for the good of our mankind, and this is going to get a lot worse. It's up to you to actually listen. Um, but he's done incredible, and it, I will say that it's been really cool uh, from from a uh, for, as an Ohioan and very proud of the way that that he's gone about his business and how in a very scary and dark and, and tough time we're leading the way. Yeah, he is, in my opinion, doing a tremendous job, and I won't name names. <laughs> who were living the lives going to wineries and bars and then saying, Ohio's, wow, they're really doing this. I go, yeah, and you should be doing this too, person who isn't named. And then the next day, California, fortunately, shut down everything. And I'm like, thank goodness. So you can, yes, we all got to try to do our part. And it's a very, very difficult, very difficult time, a lot of adjustments. But, you know, I think those, the, some of those images that go around with the matches where the one match that steps out of line stops all the matches. And even just yep. seeing what pa- happened with patient 31 in South Korea just shows how important this, this social distancing is and how seriously it should be taken. And I'm not here to lecture anybody at all, but I really hope that people are able to grasp the gravity of the situation and, and what they have to do for their, for their fellow man. And I think that's, you know, it's clear that there are a lot of people who are not, I mean, the images I thought yesterday from Disney world were nauseating like i was stunned by what i was seeing yeah yeah it was um it was indeed and how did you guys do over the weekend what what was the any any what was the adjustment like for you guys at your house you know we're we're locked down here at at, at the zagura house like i said i told you earlier today i had to go back to the store because when we came back from mexico we were only able to get a certain amount of things and now we're loaded up for three weeks and i basically bleached anything that could have been touched i was wearing gloves out there i was people were looking at me like i was crazy and i'm like you know what i'm i don't feel crazy and I feel good about it, and so now we're set. We'll be hunkered down here for – we can we can go three weeks, I would say, for sure, just being hunkered down, and, and you know, we'll reassess at that point. But that's what it is, you know. A lot of yeah, play a lot of Fortnite with Bryce. Bryce, my kids, <laughs> think that, you know, yeah. this, this quarantining is great. They're just playing video right. games and having a great time. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can. I think the mental stress, and I think for us it was – one of the reasons it felt so serious for me personally was we were out of the country and yeah. left one world and came back into another. And so we weren't, you know, it's not like our daily lives hadn't changed that much. It changed drastically immediately upon return. And I think it really just sunk in. And, and you know, you're seeing every business close, bars, restaurants, and support them. You can still go get, they say that you can still go get, um, you know, take out. My advice is bring your own pen to sign, you know, you're, get there you know come back and make sure you wash your hands before you eat keep the bags outside if you can anything that would have been publicly touched and yeah. you know try to still support those local businesses because it's unfortunate i know you know some people who here my good friend justin costanzo with dive bar and his other places and this is a brutal time for them and you know my heart goes out to them and we got to do everything we can to still support these local places that really are a part of our community and our community brethren uh, as best we can and doing it in the safest way possible that we can yeah, we, Amy and I talked about that. My wife, we talked about, you know, let's a couple times a week, you know, there's places around here that we go and eat. Uh, let's let's make sure they have our patronage still. We'll do pickup. Let's do those things and, and take care of those places um, and, and do the best you can on that standpoint to make sure that they that, that those guys can stay afloat if you can on that front. It was surreal. I mean, it was crazy with the boys. Um, like, you know, to them, this is the greatest thing ever other than not having March Madness. So what we did, I did a bracket. Like I had them get all their – they have all these jerseys and shirts and all this stuff, and I just made up a, fa- a bracket uh, of 32 teams, and then my two oldest would play each other, and Bootsy would jump in with the middle one, and they would just – they just didn't play – 
tournament. We're just playing out the bracket that way. So we've done those type of things. Um, I've got some board games out, and we've played that. And then I got out my old um, ES, uh, my old Xbox 360, and we have the NCAA college basketball game. Yes. On that. And they missed March Madness the most. So we all picked a team, and we're going to play a season. Um, and over the course of the next, of the coming days, weeks, and months, and so forth. So uh, we'll play a season that way, everybody being a part of it, and that, that's what we're going to do. And we had a surreal, really funny moment last night uh, at dinner. My wife was saying uh, saying prayer, and right, be- right before dinners, on Sunday dinners, she oftentimes does, and she had an eloquent prayer thanking us and our family, and we're all together, and no matter, you know, all this stuff. It's, she did a nice job. So at the yes. end of it, Bootsy goes, Mom, I've got something to say. And she goes, she goes, oh. She goes, okay, honey, go ahead. And he goes, and and Jesus, I want to thank you for putting uh, Dude Perfect 2 on the iPad. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> and and Peyton goes, my oldest goes, he didn't put it on the iPad. And Bootsy goes, who did then? Who did? <laughs> What's the real truth? What's the real truth, Bootsy? He's got to oh, know. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, anyway, we'll we'll keep you updated in, from a from – a, Civic duty standpoint, uh, Canada has closed its borders. Uh, I saw that in the in the last couple of minutes. Canada has closed its borders for um, uh, non-citizens and and in that front. Uh, this just in from an NFL standpoint, and we're going to get to the Austin Hooper stuff from us because that's our big news of the day, of course. Uh, Charles Robinson reporting this just in the last couple of seconds. I believe the Buccaneers' plan is to pull out the stops for Tom Brady. Beyond that, uh, a Saints source has convinced Teddy Bridgewater is a target in Tampa if Brady doesn't happen. Saints believe in Teddy, but they also love Taysom's ceiling with, Be- with Breeze back. Options are limited, and the Saints did put a first-round tender on Taysom Hill. Yep. Um, so that, that kind of explains that a little bit. And as we mentioned, uh, Brady signing uh, – Brady now the, the favorite to sign him is the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is just so hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, but nevertheless, it, it appears to be that way going forward. Let's spend a little time about Austin Hooper before we uh, talk about some of our offensive needs beyond that. This was the deal of the day. It was first reported by Jeremy Fowler. Um, it makes him the richest tight end in football. But that is even – even that is a deal in this sense because, as, as you and I were talking off air, that number will be rewritten next year with a new market. And you might look back on this Hooper deal and go, boy, this seems like a theft. It was it was a necessity for this offense to have two great tight ends. And Hooper Z, and you know him better than I do, but I used the analogy earlier in the show, a five-tool player tight end and that he can do everything. Yeah, he can, he can block. He runs routes. He's not a field stretcher. He's not really a vertical threat. But this is a guy with great hands. Our buddy John Costco at Pro Football Focus tweeted out earlier that Austin Hooper has caught 93.8% of his catchable targets the past two years while hauling in 60% of his contested targets, both ranked second among tight ends. Uh, We know that the Browns uh, head coach Kevin Stefanski last year used a tight end on the majority of his snaps last year, used two tight ends, I'm sorry, the most in the NFL, 57%. Um, And so this is a, a big signing. You mentioned the 11 million. Well, there's word right now. And that's reported. We don't know that. And I yeah. know that we're on Cleveland Browns Daily. We don't know that. We're basing this is based off of reports. Four years, $44 million are what people are reporting out there. Um, Blake, uh, Blake Jarwin of the Dallas Cowboys just signed a three-year deal over 24, so over 80 years. So you think about Blake Jarwin at 80 year and Austin Hooper at 11. I don't believe they're in the same stratosphere. And in a couple years, when Kelsey uh, and Ertz and Kittle are going out there and getting their new deals, I think this is going to end up looking like a very smart investment by general manager Andrew Barry in his first free agency period. And so, you know, you hope that 
it, it, because things can't be done until Wednesday that when you agree to terms, you agree to terms and people don't try to walk that back. But uh, that's where they are right now. And it does look like a very good move and a, and a really getting a guy who amongst all the tight ends in the NFL, uh, you think he's probably, he's a top five tight end in the NFL right now. You've got Ertz, yeah. you've got Kelsey, you've got Kittle who are in their own kind of class, but Austin Hooper is certainly in that next tier of tight ends with you know a lot of potential along with guys like a Mark Andrews, et cetera. There are a lot of good tight ends in the NFL right now, but Austin Hooper certainly is amongst them. Yes, he certainly is. Uh, this this bit of breaking news from just a sports perspective, Major League Baseball pushes back opening day to mid-May at the earliest. Um, the NHL has told its players that they can travel home if they are able to, which would lead you to believe that they are where we all think that we're at 60 to 90 days before anything is done. And you saw the report from Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday, Z, about how um, NBA um, is, is kind of working under a 90-day at the earliest and at that point played in front of empty venues. Um, so that's this is this is uh, sports leagues across the country, in, in, in addition to all of us, bunkering in for what is going to be a, a long change of the new norm. We went over the big Austin Hooper signing. Uh, I want to go over some of the other needs in free agency, potential targets for us in free agency, and also get you updated on what has been a wild day in free agency um, and franchise tagging around the league. And it feels like a lot of guys plugged in in the league uh, starting to really, really, I don't know, on social media innuendo that Tom yep. Brady leaving New England could become more real as the as the minutes go on. Are you getting that feeling as I am, buddy? Yeah, there's no doubt. You mentioned that the Bucks are the leader. I think the Chargers are certainly another team in the mix for Tom Brady along with the Patriots, but it seems like that relationship is over. The Bucks are waiting to see. They're trying to get Tom Brady pulling out all the stops from various reports. They still have a backup plan, and their backup plan is actually Teddy Bridgewater. And now Chicago's trying to lock up Teddy Bridgewater at a dollar figure over $20 million per season, which means Taco Bell for me and sorry for Gibbe, but to make him their starter, which so much for – and that's when we said – remember when they were like, well, Mitch Trubisky's our starter, Mitch Trubisky's our starter. Yeah. Let's see when when that actually comes to be. So um, it it is a very, very interesting time. And you talked about Twitter innuendo. Forget just Tom Brady. Joe Banner had said before the DeAndre Hopkins trade, a major trade was coming, and he said that it was the DeAndre Hopkins one. That happened. He says another huge name is about to be traded in the NFL, and that announcement will be coming soon. He tweeted that at 2.07, so still 10 minutes, and we haven't seen anything yet. But uh, I think this is going to be a wild start to the beginning of this season and this free agency period is with the new CBA, new money, the salary cap up to just under $200 million per team. Uh, there's a lot that's going to be going on here, I think, in the NFL. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, just tweeted out big eyes. So, uh, and Mike Renner from there just said it. You got that text too. So, I think a lot could be coming. Let's take a quick, quick timeout. Ben Albert going to join us at the bottom of the hour. CBD 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. The NFL going on as scheduled with uh, legal tampering and more so trades happening, franchise tags being handed out, uh, big trades happening like DeAndre Hopkins being traded uh, to Arizona. Z, how do you put the last four hours into perspective? It's been one after another. I can't refresh Twitter enough. 
No, that's how I've been. I was just saying in the break, this is one of those things where I feel like uh, we, you know, I wish we could stay on for longer and longer and, and see what happens, uh, you know, going forward. But this has been a wild day. Huge trades. The Hopkins one, David Johnson going now to the Texans, Hopkins to Arizona. I think it's been a great day for Oklahoma quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield getting Austin Hooper, and of course, Kyler Murray getting DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this is, it's a pretty wild day. Um, Mary Kay Cabot just tweeting out the Browns are very interested in Redskins free agent Case Keenum to back up Baker Mayfield. Uh, by the way, something we've been talking about for months about that as we were able to kind of shoot down, yeah. at least at the time, that Chase Daniel report and talk about Case Keenum being the focus. And it makes all the sense in the world given his career year came with Kevin Stefanski as his, off his quarterback coach. So uh, that's another one to keep an eye on. But yeah, this is just a fascinating day. With this draft being so deep at wide receiver, there is a sense that a lot of aging and expensive wide receivers will be on the move. Uh, their prices, though, will be significantly reduced. And I know it's a great draft at wide receiver, but to me, Bo, unless you're getting a first-round pick or a second-round pick, an early second-round pick, you know, you don't want to give up a superstar. You know, If you can replace him with a guy you think can be a superstar, that makes sense. But, you know, just necessarily – getting rid of guy I, I still can't believe what was given up for deandre hopkins and did he have the year last year that you know he had been accustomed to no maybe he is on the decline as peter king alluded to in his his thing but i don't know man i think that there is some risk in that it's always the shiny new object it is cheaper if roster building makes a lot of sense but at the same time proven production i think is the most valued commodity in the nfl and it seems to be the cheapest in terms of how proven production is valued versus draft. I mean, Clayus Campbell, I know he's 33, but a fifth-round pick? I mean, they basically just added Clayus Campbell to their team for, yes, money, but for free in terms of, of roster pieces. You think about what they've done the last two years with Campbell um, and then Peters last year where it's a – what was the Peters deal? Was it a fourth and a fifth for Marcus Peters? Yes, yeah, something very and cheap. a fifth for Campbell? I mean, that's crazy. And then this Hopkins deal, too. I think one thing you have to be careful of in this league is an – I mean, like, proven is proven. Like, picks are nice. Commodities are nice. Totally. Fantastic. But, gosh almighty, like, if you have people that are proven players, uh, I, I have a tough time understanding. I mean, this this Texans deal is so hard to wrap your head around. I don't care who. And, by the way, if, if Bill O'Brien is butting heads with DeAndre Hopkins, I might go with DeAndre Hopkins on that. Same. I mean, what has Bill O'Brien done to justify him having all the power in the world in Houston? So, th this it's a really slippery slope that you can go down here. Um, and with, with everybody that you and I follow and pay attention to around the NFL circle saying much more is coming on this front, um, be careful because what, when you know that you've got a player, man, giving them up for 50 cents on the dollar, I have a hard time with that. Yeah. So here is what, here's what Ian Rappaport is reporting right now, just to jump in Browns news. Austin Hooper has agreed to terms on a four-year deal with the Browns that will reset the tight end market and guaranteed money and average per year. $23 million all guaranteed over the first two seasons, Ten point five per year over four, which means that's $42 million over four, where it was reported to be $44 million over four. Uh, there's a lot of reaction from around the NFL that Andrew Barry in his first major free agent signing got one heck of a deal yeah yeah One i'm surprised at that number as well my friend yeah I, that's a lot low that seems like a steal to me 
This is from Joe Banner, former Browns general manager, who's still plugged into the NFL. He says, shocked from teams I talked to. Hooper didn't get more. Not sure agent maximized value. John Middlecoff, who we had on at the Combine, just uh, quote tweeted that, said agree. And there's been a lot of sentiment about that, that the Browns here. And this is what, you know, Andrew Barry and his team, Paul D. Podesta, uh, Chris Cooper, that whole crew, what they're so, what they feel one of the ad- advantages that they bring is identifying inefficiencies in the market, exploiting them. They got Austin Hooper can say, look, I'm the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Feel good about that. But I think in a couple of years, this is a deal that's going to look very, very good for the Browns. And for people wondering, one of the things that's in the new CBA is that you can- holdouts, that's one of the things the owners pretty much got uh, eliminated. It- it's very Here's difficult to hold out. Yeah, we got a trade here. Adam Schefter. Um... Atlanta trading a second round pick in 2020 and a fifth round pick in 2020 to Baltimore in exchange for Hayden Hurst and the Ravens fourth round pick. So there is your that's your that's your replacement for Hooper there as the Falcons get Hayden Hurst in that deal. Yeah, that that is there it is. Uh, That's how they replace him. But so they're getting Hurst in a fourth, giving a second and a fifth. That's a lot of compensation, and I think when the Browns look at that compensation and think about what they paid for Austin Hooper, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Uh, Hayden Hurst, a good player. By the way, from a Browns standpoint, I thought the Hurst combination with Mark Andrews was very difficult to defend, and it's interesting. Maybe there's somebody they like uh, in the draft that they're going to pair, but that's a team that, that runs that, too. They have Nick Boyle as well. They ran three tight ends at times, did the Ravens, so the the – Falcons get their replacement. They pay, I think, a pretty steep price, to be perfectly honest with you, to yep. get him. They basically paid a second-round pick uh, for Hurst, and they got a, a four for a five. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's and I same. think what you what you just got like for the, the Browns. deal. God. Yeah. For Hayden Hurst. I think it's a pretty – listen, I think the Browns are going to look back on this and be very, very happy with what they did in, in terms of – in terms of getting Hooper at the price they did. And when we look at this in 2022, we'll look back at this deal. And assuming that Austin Hooper comes in and produces at the level that the Browns expect, which to me is 700 yards, uh, catching a high rate, keeping the chains moving, being another red zone weapon. You know, the Browns threw the ball to tight end, the fourth fewest in the NFL last year. That's going to change. That's going to change in a major way. And now you've got Austin Hooper with David Njoku. That's going to significantly help Baker Mayfield. And I've been saying all along, I think we're going to get a pretty darn good season out of him and the best that he has from a preparation standpoint and an offense that's tailor-made for him. And we're going to find out a lot about what he's got. By the way, this is a teaser because I know we're taking a break, but Benjamin Albright just tweeted out rumors. This is going to be a day that more than one big-name wide receiver moves. And guess who's coming up with us next, my friend? What a job out of you. Big peep. Big peep moment out of you. That is exactly what we will do next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, let's get to it. A wild day in the National Football League. You knew it would be, but in a way, with everything that was going on uh, in terms of the coronavirus and everything being shut down, I guess I just wasn't as prepared for it because I did until it actually happens. Well, it has happened. It is happening. Benjamin Albright, one of the best uh, in our business, NFL insider, KOA talk show host, 
Broncos TV host as well and always in a fine suit. Ben joins us. Benjamin joins us. Let's just start with what is what is your reaction, Benjamin, Ben, to what has been an absolutely bonkers six hours or so here? Well, it's nice to get our minds off the, uh, you know, the things yes. going around us in the world, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's been a busy morning. The, the, the DeAndre Hopkins thing, I think that was stunning to a lot of fans. It wasn't stunning to, to most of us that were up there at the combine as he was getting shot pretty heavily up there. He and Bill Bryan don't get along personally, but uh, to go to Arizona for a running back that's coming off injury history and and some some draft picks, that was kind of a stunner. You go back and you look at the Houston Texans right now; they managed to trade away Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins and not get a single first rounder between it. It's pretty stunning. Now, Ben, it would be hard for me to not notice on your Twitter uh, something you said. Rumors, this is going to be a day more than one wide receiver moves. Let's just go ahead and ask you, what are you hearing? Who is this receiver, and does it have anything to do with the Cleveland Browns? Uh, well, the receiver specifically mentioned there does not. Um, it's more about Brandon Cooks uh, okay. of the Rams. But there are other receivers out there drawing interest. Stephon Diggs, people are calling the Vikings about Stephon Diggs. And that's not to say that the Browns will or won't move OBJ, but that tweet was not in reference to, uh, uh, to him. Excellent. Yeah, this is a this is a wild time. The the Hopkins thing is, I understand that. Well, I don't understand the thinking from O'Brien's standpoint, to be clear. But um, I, I suppose the thinking would be, if you're going to move these veteran wide receivers, here is a loaded draft that has them. You might be able to get a first round talent in the second round and so forth. But at the same time, Ben, don't you have to be a little bit careful here in terms of known commodities versus projecting what a player can be? There aren't that many guys who can actually hit in the draft. Most people miss, it seems. Um, there, you have to be a little bit careful here don't you well yeah and that seems to be the rams philosophy from the last couple of years if you look at what they've done they've acquired talent by trading away draft picks and they'd rather have the air quotes known commodity and there's something to be said for that if you have a an organization or a team that has a lot of cash that is able to manipulate the cap then you can get away with doing that uh, the problem is you have to keep replenishing the supply as you lose draft picks every time you do that you can't get guys on the cheap um you know, I, I think the Rams have been fairly successful at it. Um, you know, obviously things didn't work out this past season for them, but if you look at guys like Ramsey or Fowler, they've been able to go out and, and, and get these guys by trading away draft picks. Um, I, I always likened it to the mystery box scenario. You know, you're on a game show and they offer you a yacht, and then the second option is a mystery box. Well, a mystery box could be anything. It could even be a yacht. So <laughs> I, I think that right. if you're acquiring draft picks, you got to be careful it, yeah, it's a lot of extra bullets, you know, to kind of fire at the target, but you got to be careful and make sure that you hit on enough of those to justify it. Ben, what some of the stuff that you're hearing, if anything, relating to the Browns and your thoughts on the Austin Hooper deal, where which seems to be a pretty good move and a savvy move by Andrew Barry. Yeah, I thought so. And to be honest with you, uh, I know people are talking about that money, but I think they got him for less than they could have. Uh, Green Bay was very, very interested. Washington was interested. There were teams lining up for Hooper, uh, and the Cleveland Browns made an aggressive move to make sure they got their guy. So uh, I think he's going to be uh, a great target for them. I will tell you that uh, Stefanski ran 12 personnel, which is two tight end sets, um, more often than any other offensive coordinator in the NFL, loves to run those two tight end sets. So everybody's speculating on Njoku being gone. I, I would pump the brakes on that just a little bit. They love those two tight end sets. Yeah, that's we, we had mentioned that as well, Benjamin. It, it, 
the in terms of other needs we have they, defensively, they are becoming uh, something that you're going to have to get pretty aggressive about in in due time. Certainly at safety, and with Harris coming back, Simmons, of course, the the Broncos already franchising there, so the the, the top end of that safety market going to be a little less than, than maybe what we were hoping it would be. Certainly with Harris as a potential target. Uh, as you look at, around at the other safeties that are out there, and for the Brown, I'm not expecting you to know the Browns roster the way that, the way that everybody everybody would around here, but with Sheldrick Redwine, a, a, a rookie from a year ago kind of being the only featured one back there who else out there do you like in the safety market who the browns could target well there is a name that has been connected to them and that's will parks uh will parks played uh was the backup free and strong safety for the denver broncos last couple of years played slot corner played the dimebacker role as well uh, they would have competition from the arizona cardinals in that but he does have a relationship with joe woods obviously mm-hmm. when joe was here in denver and uh, it would be a natural fit there as he can kind of move around and be a chess piece in some of those packages they like to use and that would make a lot of sense and we connect you know some of those dots jimmy ward a guy who was just recently as well with the 49ers with joe woods there and that's kind of some of the things that you're identifying i have a question for you though about the linebacker position ben and and we see kwiatkowski trevathan stays in in with chicago kwiatkowski ends up going to the raiders with the browns having moved on from christian kirksey who's now with the packers joe Schobert getting to test the market as well that's an area of need have you heard any possible connections for the browns at the linebacker spot and what do you expect to happen kind of with that position specifically the off-ball linebackers and their money this uh this offseason well i i expect them to look to the draft uh to address that position i'm not 100 percent sure they're going to go after that in free agency they may pick up some depth there but uh, i don't have a name to to tie in there uh joe woods you know he likes guys linebackers that are capable of going both directions uh loves those guys that can be a downhill thumper and can move backwards in coverage those guys are you know kind of few and far between uh, if i were looking at the draft i would look at somebody versatile like willie gay uh, I think that he's a guy that would that would fit in perfectly with what Joe Woods wants to do schematically. You go back and look, Dre Greenlaw, a guy they had in uh, you know in San Francisco, kind of had the same skill set. Benjamin Albright, our guest, NFL insider. Ben, let's let's talk about offensive tackle where there is there is need. Uh, it is something that we always that we've all along assumed would be addressed at number ten for the Browns in the draft. Uh, this trade of Hopkins to the Cardinals. I wonder if that puts Arizona. There was talk about C.D. Lamb to Arizona. There, you wonder if now they go offensive line uh, where maybe it was a, a question back or forth. Um, in terms of the player you get at ten, you still should get one of those four that have kind of separated. But then beyond that, in free agency uh we've been linked to conklin before just kind of sum up for me if you will in terms of if you're going to go get tackles draft free agency what directions do the browns particularly uh seem to make the most sense to go well conklin would make a lot of sense there um i you know and i think he's a guy that kind of fits what they want to do if if Worfs is there at 10 in the draft they're going to take him I, I don't know that he's going to be there now with the arizona trade uh you know arizona had kind of penciled in lamb or a tackle there so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, Beckton, if he if he makes it to them, I think would make more sense for uh, for Arizona than worse, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, they are looking at tackles, and, and Conklin is the, the name, I guess, that makes the most sense out there right now. Uh, somebody had mentioned Mike Remmers, although I don't think that's going to happen, and I feel like he would be a depth-only tackle and not uh, a starter. Ben, is this it, kind of this offseason definitely is off to a wild start. Obviously, the biggest dominoes uh, in terms of just national attention, not Browns-wise, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, some of these quarterbacks. What are you hearing with these quarterbacks, and how do you think this, this all shakes up? Because it certainly would seem right now 
that Tom Brady has played his final game as a New England Patriot? Well, um, you know, you never say never. I, I, Brady could still go back there to New England. I think his market is three teams. I think it's New England, uh, the Chargers, which I mentioned back at the end of January, got laughed at. Now I think everybody's on that one. Uh, and then the Buccaneers. I, I think it's really a three-team market. You could potentially see the Raiders there, but I can't see Tom choosing the Raiders. Uh, choosing to learn a whole entire new offense with a guy like John Gruden, I, I just can't see him doing it, especially when you look at the fact that that team has no defense right now and isn't really a contender. So, um, you know, the Chargers have a loaded roster outside the tackle positions. It makes a lot of sense. Plus, it's the same offense he's played in his entire career, that Earhart Perkins offense was with Shane Steichen. So, that makes sense to me. And then, you know, Bruce Arians is adaptable, and they've got a defense over there in Tampa. So, uh, that one seems like it may may play. Uh, you never know when a mystery team could sneak up, but I, I feel like that's his market, and that's kind of where the you know where the dominoes are playing out. Uh, with Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's Plan B for the Bucks, um, and you know Chicago's negotiating with him or trying to negotiate with him right now. So um, you know he'll have some options as well. Ben, can that I just Chicago jump in real quick here? This, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say Teddy Bridgewater. Gibby and I have a, a Taco Bell bet over twenty million per year for Teddy Bridgewater. I have the over, he has the under. Who's going to be eating Taco Bell for free? Well, the over is going to be eating Taco Bell for free. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Poor Gibby can't even defend himself as we're doing the show from our, <laughs> our homes now, so he can't even get on the mic to defend himself at this point. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, the uh, In terms of the other quarter, you mentioned Bridgewater. You mentioned uh, the, the Tannehill deal got all of this stuff going. Still hearing a lot of stuff from Rivers pairing him with Indy. Is that where you are on that front? And then Jameis, if the Bucks go off, what are, what are possible destinations for teams that could have interest in the former number one overall pick? Well, let's start with Rivers. Uh, for Rivers, the Colts are plan A. Uh, the Buccaneers are in play as well. That's another team, like I said, they're, they're still looking for quarterback. It's pretty obvious that they, they want someone other than Jameis. Uh, as far as Jameis goes, Chicago had reached out to him, but there was no traction there. I can't figure out a team that's going to offer him a starting role. He's probably going to have to take some kind of backup gig and try to work his way into a starting role, either through injury or uh, a struggling quarterback ahead of him. So um, I know Chicago had reached out but other than that I, I can't really think of anything if I were Jameis what I might try to do is talk to Miami and say look if you're uh, if you're not going to draft two if you're not taking a quarterback early let me come down there and compete see what I can do um, and you know maybe maybe a reclamation project there Jacksonville maybe uh, if Gardner Minshew flames out that gives you an option there so uh, there are options for him I just don't think there's one where he's a day one starter that is stunning to me. I realize yeah. he threw a lot of interceptions, but I, I, he's still pretty darn good, I believe. Well, yeah, the problem with Jameis is, is you know, if you, he's got to be scheme-specific, and you want him throwing the ball vertically. And so if you yep. take that away, you try to Alex Smith him and make him hyper-careful, you take away what makes him special. So you've got to find a scheme that really fits his, his skill set and let him grip it and rip it and hope for the best. Ben, one thing we want to do as we uh, as we wrap up here with you before we let you run, really appreciate your time. Is every every time we have a guest on, we want to you know how, what are you doing differently to pass this time without sports? Is there anything you did over the weekend or uh, the obviously big NFL today and, and into the weekend? You're busy doing that, but as it settles, are there anything you're starting to circle? Any TV series, old movies, books you're reading that you'd recommend to people? <laughs> um, you know, I always thought The Shield was a great television series. I'll probably rewatch that at some point. Uh, when I got myself a bunch of lumber, I'm going to build myself a new deck during this downtime. Yes. So uh, yes. I feel like uh, not just watching TV, but kind of keeping my hands busy doing doing something is probably the best way to keep your mind off it. 
What a craft. I like that lumber idea. That's fantastic. Yeah. Benjamin, thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, guys. See you guys anytime. That's uh, he's just one of the best. So much information, um, and really dialed in. Benjamin Albright, NFL insider, does some stuff with the Broncos as well, including hosting Broncos TV. A lot of speculation that that could be Stephon Diggs could be the name uh, that's out there. Uh, I'm seeing that. I'm sure you're seeing that as well, Z. Yeah, a lot of people thinking about Diggs, and and uh, Brandon Cooks is another name that is out there. One thing I want to go back to, and this is just, you know, I, I think it's easy to get worked up to a, into a frenzy with the OBJ uh, stuff, and I think that the Browns have been pretty clear they want him to be here. They want him to come back. If we're on one hand going to applaud our fr- front office, and let me just say this cl- also. I have no knowledge of what the exact plans are. I can go by what Andrew Barry and Jimmy Haslam and company have said publicly about yeah. this and Kevin Stefanski that they want OBJ here. They want Odell Beckham here. Let me just paint a picture for you. So this is a front uh-huh. office that we just said found an inefficiency in the market at the tight end position, made a great signing in getting uh, Austin Hooper. This market for trading a veteran receiver, I don't think could possibly be worse. Be- and what I mean by that is you have a great wide receiver draft class. Yeah. Odell's not coming off of his best year when he was hurt. I don't know that his value would ever be lower. And this doesn't seem to me to be a front office that would say, we're going to just trade for trade sake. We're only going to trade when we think it makes sense from a value standpoint. And I would argue this would be the worst time to trade a wide receiver. Now, you could convince all takes is one team to give you the value you're looking for. But it seems to me that with the, with the incoming draft class, what we just saw DeAndre Hopkins net in a trade versus what Hayden Hurst just netted in a trade, it seems that, and now maybe that's just Bill O'Brien, but that trading a receiver at this time is going to be difficult to get the kind of return on your investment that you would want. Well, to back up what you just said, this is Charles Robinson, who's, if you paid attention to our coaching and GM searches, uh, was seemed pretty dialed in on all of those. I think you would agree, Z. I would. Uh, on the Browns and Odell Beckham Jr., he's not going to be a fire sale trade. I've been told things have been very positive for both him and the team since the regime change went down. Cleveland is not looking to move on from what sees as a sizable, healthy asset moving forward. Exactly, so and it's the worst possible market, and these guys are all about – doing things that are either ahead of the curve or identifying inefficiencies in the market. That's where they're going to be smart. Now, they've got to be great talent evaluators to select the right players, but I don't see why you would give Odell Beckham Jr. a trade when you've got this great incoming draft class at receiver, which pushes the value down. He's coming off of, by his standards, a less productive season than he's accustomed to, certainly from the touchdowns. And by the way, a perfect fit for this offense you know, let's. I think he's a very valuable asset, and I think he has an opportunity for this offense to be great. And then you can reevaluate things in a year or two. I just don't see this the timing of it. Even though there's so much speculation, people love to throw that out about Odell Beckham. I'm not sure why. Why? Because well, I damn sure why it gets clicks, it gets people you know. talking, but. It doesn't make sense with everything we know about this front office. Again, one team could wow you. You listen to offers for everybody on your team. That's just the way, that's the way that the, the world works, and certainly in the National Football League. But from a timing standpoint, from a strategic standpoint, from a market valuation standpoint, it does not make sense right now to be trading these wide receivers because you're not uh, going to get the return you want. To that end, uh, I, I have a pretty good source, and it's Stefan Diggs' Twitter. It's time for a new beginning. So if you're waiting for the second big domino to drop, and we had heard rumors that this would be oh. the Seahawks 
but Diggs tweeting that in the last minute or so. It's time for a new beginning. By the time we come back, we may have an answer to exactly who, but it appears that the Seahawks are the team that makes the sense. A lot of rumors around that. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, final segment here on what has been a wild Cleveland Browns Daily is the NFL in full gear. It is the lead of the day, of course, is the acquisition of Austin Hooper reportedly by the Browns on a deal that looks very good, especially in comparison to some of the other things that are out there. Uh, Kevin Stefanski was going to want to play a lot in that 12 personnel, and boy, can he do it now. Um, and so that is the headline of the day, but a day that also includes DeAndre Hopkins traded to the Cardinals. Stephon Diggs about to be traded somewhere. Um, a wild daisy in the NFL here on a Monday. It, it certainly is, and, and you know, for one of the things we talked about was just how quickly things were going to move and happen, and clearly that has been the case today in the NFL. A lot of stuff going on, trades, signings, and the Browns striking at the top of a very important position for Kevin Stefanski, tight end, and I think doing a great job in securing Austin Hooper at a rate that many people seem to think is a very, very good value for the Cleveland Browns. We also heard Ben Albright tell us on the show today a name to keep an eye on at the safety position is Will Parks, who was a sixth-round pick back in 2016 out of the University of Arizona, Bear Down, uh, who played for Joe Woods in Denver. He can play both safety positions and can come down and play in the nickel. Guy's played over 500 snaps each of the last three years uh, and has been a pretty good cover guy. So that's one of those guys, again, identifying a younger player, some familiarity with Joe Woods uh, that could come in, and he doesn't need to be huge splashes. They're not going to be huge splashes at every position. That's not how it works. But filling in depth with guys you feel can execute your system, and in this case, somebody that you know can execute your system uh, in Will Parks. Not saying that's a done deal by any stretch, but that is, you know, Ben's yeah. pretty connected in Denver, and, and that's a name that he said Browns fans should kind of put on their radar there at the safety position. Absolutely so. Uh, the quarterback position, it was, it was fascinating. We mentioned how Brady is trending away from New England. Um, and there's Mike Reese, who covers covers the Patriots, saying that it's that he's getting the feeling that Brady doesn't want to play there. Um, Mark, Mark Mike Garofalo, rather, not now retweeting this, not expecting Teddy Bridgewater to land with the Bears, other quarterback options in play there. You wonder if the Bears would make a Hail Mary for Brady and be that team that would go I mean we've spent time talking about the Bucks and the Chargers and all these teams Z but of all the teams that are ready made the Bears are ready made except for quarterback it's a quick read system I don't know it could be there could be another team out there for him I wouldn't it would listen I think everything's in play when your name's Tom Brady right I think anybody could yep. make that kind of a push and yeah perhaps what the Browns are doing and now it's saying that Teddy Bridgewater uh, as you said could go elsewhere Tampa supposedly also very much in the Teddy sweepstakes Absolutely wild, wild times, and the and you know what? It's interesting. I didn't know how I'd feel about this. I love it. It's been a welcome it. distraction. It yes. was awesome doing the show with you again, my friend. Same. And we'll do it again tomorrow. The next level is next. Thanks for listening, folks. Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty, ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.